Thank you for downloading this message from Grace Christian Fellowship. We pray that you receive encouragement from the study of God's Holy Word and that you will grow in the faith and understanding of our Lord Jesus Christ. The last time I was able to preach here at Grace, I talked about uh, that God has given us gifts, right? And we all have different gifts and talents. We all have things that we're supposed to use. Most importantly, we're supposed to use that to share the gospel. And then last week, uh, Mike Fantry, I'm getting a thumbs up. Am I good? All right, he's good to go. All right. Last week, um, Fantry talked about perspective, but in that he was also talking about the gifts that we have and using them. And I thought, well, that's perfect. That, that, that kind of gives me the thumbs up to go ahead and uh, continue with where the Lord was leading me. But Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, very common scripture uh, when it comes to Christianity. For it's by grace that we've been saved through faith. This is not of our own doing. It's a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So, we're looking at this. Obviously, it's very easy to tell that we are, we are designed, we are created to do good works that God has already prepared in advance for us to do. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to, to deduct that from the scripture right there. So, God already has a plan. He already has things uh, that he wove into our DNA, he wove into our personalities that would aid us in being able to get those things accomplished, those works that he has prepared for us. So I think it's safe to say that the same grace that saves us from our sins also empowers us to be able to do those good works. There's two aspects of grace there. You know, the grace that, that saves, you know, the, the things that unmerited favor, Right. That, that God would come and he would pluck our hearts and, and he, would, he would grab us out of our sin and save us by grace, but also that same grace God gave us so that we could do those good works. Romans chapter 12, verse 6 says, Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. So we always see there's a connection between those gifts and the grace. And then it also goes on to say, let us use them. <laughs> Key part of the scripture there. It goes on after that to talk about prophecy, service, exhortation, generosity, zeal, and even leadership, different gifts by grace that God has given us that we're to use. So grace, the word, uh, it's, it's the, the root word of charisma in Greek. And really the way to look at that would be God's empowerment that gives us the ability to go beyond our own natural ability. You know, uh, a lot of things in life you say, I can't do it. It's just uh, the the uh, Facebook theology that people love to push. Oh, God will never put more on you than you can handle. Okay, we've been around this bush a few times. But, uh, but you know, it's God's ability. It's His empowerment that allows us to go above and beyond. Right? Of course we can't do it on our own ability. Of course we're going to have things in life that we can't handle. If we could handle it, we would not need God. Right? There'd be no need for a Savior. If we could handle everything and it was fine, then what do we need God for? We don't need that. So if we also look at that word charisma in Greek, it, 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 it can be described as this, a specific gift of grace that empowers an individual to fulfill what they have been created to do. And the last time I spoke, I talked about that. You know, dogs bark, <laughs> birds fly, right? I'm watching the, the, the different creatures around my house that, that uh, come out of nowhere, the coyotes that hunt that we have to deal with by us, right? We do the things that God has created us to do, or we should be doing those things that God created us to do. If we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1, this is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. So now I'm taking it a little step further. Now we're talking about being 
a steward. All right, so God has given us these gifts. We, we understand it. He's given us his grace to be able to accomplish these things and empower us to do it. Now it goes on to say that we are stewards. Well, a steward is one who manages another person's property or affairs. We, as believers of Jesus Christ, are stewards of charisma, of the gifts that he's given us. It is our job, our duty to steward those gifts. 1 Peter 4, verse 10 through 11, it says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. As good stewards of God's varied grace, all tying it back together again, it's just being repeated over and over and over again. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. Basic essential Christianity, fundamental principles here. Obviously, everything that we do ultimately is to glorify Jesus Christ. Everybody has been given a gift or a talent. You've been given an ability. Some people have been given maybe five or six different talents. Some people maybe only one talent, right? But the key is that we need to use those gifts that God may be glorified in all that we do. So 1 Corinthians 4 Verse 2, lost scripture. You know, people can argue with me and they can argue, you know, different philosophies and things, but the scripture is the scripture. You can't argue with the scripture. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 2 states that we are required to be found faithful. So now I started thinking about this. Faithful. A lot of people, you know, faithful is a great trait, something that you'd want a friend to be, you'd want a spouse to be, you know, you, you, you would look for this in somebody. But what, what is faithful, right? What does it look like? So what are some things? I'm going to open it up for people. Shout them out. What do you think? When you think of the word faithful, what are the first few things that come to mind? Loyal. Loyal. Absolutely. I have that one written down. What else? What do we have? Timely. Timely. Okay. What else do we have? What is it? Accountable. Accountable. I like that a lot. What else? Constant or consistent, right? Diligent. Committed to the cause. I'm going to throw one out there today that most people ignore when it comes to that word faithful. But multiplication is a word that we should be thinking of when we think of the word faithful. And you say, that makes no sense whatsoever. Good. I hope so, because hopefully after today it will make much sense. And so I want to look and see what Jesus says about faithfulness. We're going to look, this is the main text for today, Matthew chapter 25 verses 14 through 29. So I'm going to get there in my sword real quick. I think it should be up on the screen. My awesome wife, I hate, I hate doing slides. I just can't stand it. When I travel, usually I don't have to worry about it. I don't do it. And so that's why normally with mine, you'll see like one slide. And Dylan was all excited this morning. He's like, Andy's preaching. I'm going to have one slide. And he looked and there was like 14. You can thank Deanna for that, Dylan. That's... But she did an awesome job, way better than anything I could ever, ever accomplish in that. So, Matthew chapter 25, starting in verse 14. The parable of the talents. For it will be like a man going on a journey, who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. 
so also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I've made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also, who had the two talents, came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also, who had received the one talent, came forward, saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid. And I went and I hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was mine, my own, with interest. So take the talent from him who, and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away, and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's a tough portion of scripture to swallow. And if you just read it on the surface, you might hear a lot of people that would say, well, that had to be Paul that wrote that. Or maybe it was Peter, right, that wrote it, but that couldn't have been Jesus. It couldn't have been Jesus that said that, but these are the words of Jesus. He's explaining this parable of the talents. And so I wanted to find a way to really, I'm visual. This is how I learn things, right? And so that's one of the things why feats of strength work so well for me. And I can preach off of those things because when I see a picture of something, it resonates, right? And it, it sits in my head. And so I thought of a picture. Now, again, I didn't create this, but my wife did an awesome job of doing this. So we got three guys. <laughs> three guys in history. Who are you going to think of? Larry, Moe, and Curly. You got to think, I mean, right? That's, now, she even went so far, and she went and even checked on their personalities. She did all this research to find out who really would have been the one with the five. and the th I mean, she went in depth. I'm telling you, she's hardcore. I just wanted to do an order because when people say Larry, Moe, and Curly, that's what you always remember. It's always in that order. So that's not right according to their personalities of who would have done 10 and 4 and 1, but you get the point. So the key is here. So Larry will say he had five talents. He multiplied his talents. He comes back and he gives his master 10. Mo has two. He multiplies it, comes back, and he has four. Curly, what does he do? He sits on it, and he has one. So we have two that multiplied their talent. We have one that maintained their talent. That's the key right there. Because a lot of times people say, well, I've been given these gifts, and as long as I just, you know, kind of do, whenever an opportunity pops up for me to use my gift, then I'll use it. But I, I, I'm not trying to better myself. I'm not trying to study about my gifts. I'm not trying to take on more opportunities to grow my gift. I'm just trying to kind of maintain it. And look at when he did that, what is he doing? He's actually called a wicked and lazy servant. Now, some people will say, well, uh, you know, he, he, he wasn't a believer. Well, they use the word servant. It's somebody that's in the kingdom. It's not a heathen. It's a servant 
in the kingdom. Jesus is using this parable. When you look at all the individual words, when you study your Bible and you look through, this is not just some ordinary person on the street. This was a servant in the kingdom. And see, this servant, the wicked, lazy servant, he had an image of the owner that was inaccurate. Sometimes we can have a poor image of God. And because of that, we hide our talents or we don't use our talents, right? Or maybe we feel like we can just maintain and we can coast along when God has given us those talents so that we can increase, so that we can multiply. Same thing with evangelism. The same thing with sharing your faith, right? It's not just for one of us to just have the gospel and do it, but we're supposed to what? Make disciples. We're supposed to multiply ourselves, right? And that's how the gospel is spread. It's not just enough for me to say, hey, you know what? I'm saved. I'm born again. I I know the truth of the gospel, and I'm just going to keep it to myself, and I'm just going to hold on to it, and I'm good. And I get before the Lord and stand before him one day, and he says, man, you wicked, lazy servant. You had the gift of salvation that you knew of, and you didn't share it. So very, very opposite there. We have two faithful guys. We have one wicked and lazy guy. Now we go on further, and we see at the, at, in verse 28 that God, in this story, the, the, you know Jesus telling this story, that he takes the talent away from, in this case, Curly, okay, and he gives it to who? Larry, the one who's produced the most. Now really, if you look at this, I put Larry and Mo in the same category, even though Larry has more, obviously, but they both have multiplied what God has given them, right? So you can say, well, you know, Larry's really good at what he does. Well, he was also given more talents. There's more expectation out of him, right, to multiply what he had. There's an expectation for everybody to multiply. So if you have one talent, if you have five talents, doesn't matter what kind of person you fall into that category, you have a responsibility to multiply, not just to maintain, And so looking at this, um, man, I can look at this and say, all right, he takes it from Curly, and it seems kind of harsh. Take it away from him, give it to the guy that already has 11. And I'm thinking, man, with all the things that are happening in the world today, I think it's safe to say that God is not a socialist thinker. (laughs) Doesn't really fall into that category, right? We're seeing some of that happen in our world, and it's like, wait a minute, I don't know that this aligns with Scripture, Okay. Now, that's not to say you don't take care of the poor. It's not to say that you don't help people out. But the Bible is very clear. Well, those who don't work, they don't eat, right? There's fundamental principles that if we we hang on to the Word of God, if we hang on to what Jesus himself actually said about this situation, it will help us throughout life. It will help us in all the decisions that we make. So we look and we see the one who multiplies has even more. And then God knows that he can trust him. He can give him even more. If we look at Luke chapter 16, verses 10 through 12, I think I have that up there, absolutely. And uh, I'm, I'll never be able to read it from up there, so let me turn to it real quick. <clears throat> it says, One who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. The one who is dishonest in very little is also dishonest in much. If then you who have been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust you with the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is yours? No servant can serve two masters. Well, he will hate one, he will love the other. Or to be devoted to one and not the other. This is a principle that that God had instilled in my life, and I learned it, I guess, kind of, I don't want to say the hard way, but it was was a difficult process. So when I started traveling as, as an evangelist, when I started traveling, 
with the strength team, I didn't start up on stage. Okay. Um, I folded t-shirts. <laughs> I pressed play on the CD player. Um, yeah, it was that long ago. We didn't have iPods. We did later on. I packed t-shirts and supplies. I loaded vehicles, right? I started out with those small things, but as you show yourself faithful in those small things, God opens the door for you to be able to do more. Now, there was already a gift that God had placed inside of me. There was already a gift that had been cultivated from, from pioneers all the way up through Jim and Mike Fantry and Crusaders and all the way through that God had placed there, right? But I had to prove myself faithful in the little things and the small things so that I could be given more responsibilities, so I could be given more things to do. So while I say I didn't learn it the hard way in that I couldn't learn the lesson, I learned the lesson pretty easily, but... Doing those little mundane things is not always fun. It's not always easy, right? I'd love to be the one that was on stage and the one that everybody was cheering for and clapping for. And, wow, you did an awesome job. That's great. And here I am loading T-shirts into a bin, right? Or, you know, as always, same thing. These guys, the multimedia guys, worship guys understand this. If, you know, you never notice the sound text. You never notice the video text until something goes wrong. And then everybody turns and stares at them, right? <laughs> Don't you love when that happens, right? Yeah. But in, you know, 99% of the time when things go smoothly and there's not a glitch, there's, nobody even notices, right? And it's easy to get lost in that and say, man, why am I even doing this? Why, why, why am I doing these little things? Nobody even notices. But you know what? The God who created you notices. Absolutely. And he's finding you faithful. You're multiplying that gift. When you're faithful in little things, God gives you much more. He gives you more opportunities to grow and, and for those gifts to grow, for you to share. But it's not about maintaining the gift, right? It's about always pushing yourself forward, always studying, always trying to learn more, always having more opportunities to use that gift, right? Is it always going to be successful? Absolutely not. But you trust the Lord and say, I'm committed to you. You've given me this gift or these gifts, and I'm going to put them into action, and I'm going to try to multiply them. It's a change in the mindset. I'm not trying addition. <laughs> I want to multiply. That happens a lot faster, right? I want to replicate. You want to make disciples? I don't want to just add disciples one at a time. I want to multiply, right? If we just have one person in church that's going out and sharing the gospel, and we have one person come in and get saved, you know, once every month or something, yeah, we'll get there eventually. It's going to take forever. But now if we have all 200 or some, whatever it's that call Grace Our Home, if all of us, are sharing the gospel of all of us are using those gifts and talents to win people man we're, we're going to be in building programs for the rest of our life because we're not going to be able to keep up because we're multiplying we're being faithful with those talents and so always make sure that you multiply that gift or those gifts that god gave you the other piece of advice i want to give you is this first corinthians chapter 12 verse 28 i don't know if i had that one up there or not but i will turn to it real quick is this, is stay in the area that you are gifted. Now, I'm not saying don't try other things. I'm not saying, hey, I was in this ministry and you know, I better not ever move into a different type of ministry. I'm not saying that, okay? But you know the gifts that God, God has given you. You know the things that you excel at. So why neglect those things? Why not embrace those things? Why not try to make those things even bigger and grow those giftings that are in there? Now, there's times where we have a need. 
You might say, hey, I'm not a teacher, but you know what? There's a need. I'll go fill that gap. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying that. All right? Don't get that twisted. But you've heard people say that all the time. Make sure you stay in your lane. (laughs) That's what this is, right? You stay in your lane in the area that God has gifted you. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 28, it says, And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts. And I will show you still more excellent way. We're all going to have various things, right? Things that my mom is very good at, I'm not. Things that Pastor Mike is very good at, I'm not, right? And if I'm going to try to do his job, I'm going to fail, right? If I'm going to try to do her job, the books are going to be messed up. I can guarantee it, right? All of a sudden, the lights aren't on. What did you do? Oh, man, I forgot to pay the light bill, right? (laughs) (laughs) She stays on top of it. No air conditioning. What is it, right? So you have to stay in that area that you're gifted. Again, it doesn't mean you don't try other things. It doesn't mean when there's an a, a opportunity to serve in a different capacity that you don't try it. Just like Pastor Frank for years always said, give it a rip, right? You give it a try. Or you fill a need, right? For a season, for a time being. But always resort back to those gifts, those areas that God has placed in you because that is where you're really going to thrive. That's really where you're going to grow. Third thing I want you to remember is this. Believe God to multiply it. Have that multiplication mindset, right? I'm not just trying to add little things here and there, man. I'm trying to replicate. I'm trying to make more. I'm trying to multiply. I'm trying to get there fast, right? doesn't mean reckless, but it means you're always having that mindset. I'm not, I'm not okay with just sitting back and relaxing and just saying, I got these gifts. Okay, Lord, because what happened when, they, when that servant maintained his gift? What happened? He was thrown out and his gift was taken from him. And then lastly... Don't despise the gift that he's placed in you. That's easy to do. Just like this verse says, you know, it's okay to earnestly desire those higher gifts, but it's so easy sometimes to to look at the people up here on worship team and be like, man, oh, I wish I could be a worship leader. I wish I could sing or I wish I, man, if I could do that, then it would really be all about it. I'd, I'd arrive, right? It'd be there. Don't despise the gifts that God has placed in you. Every single one of them. There's things that you can do that I can't. There's things that you can do that these worship leaders can't do. No matter how great Mike Waring is, I know he's awesome, right? But there's things that he can't do, right? Tim Holman, we, I mean, we are blessed. We got some great worship leaders in this church, right? But there's things that you can do that they can't do. So don't get caught up in that. It's okay to want to do more. It's okay to earnestly desire, like the Bible says, those greater gifts to try to, to push towards that, right? To strive towards it. It's one of the things I always tell in, in school assemblies, and I even share this in different prisons sometimes. It's a change in your mindset. Sometimes you get so caught up. My wife's going to remember this. She's going to like this. You get so caught up in what you're going through that you forget about where you're going to. Some of these folks that were in the Bill Glass thing, they've heard that and they know that. Mike's nodding his head back there. He understands, right? And so it's always that goal, always that dream out there to try to multiply, to grow, right? To win more souls, to do more things for the kingdom of God. Always pushing yourself to get to that next level. Don't be okay with maintaining. Don't be okay with just sitting back. But always push yourself forward. Be those faithful servants. Be Larry and Mo. Don't be curly, right? 
he was kind of the ugly one of the bunch anyway, so you don't really want to want to do that. But keep going forward. Multiply those gifts that God gave you. Stay in the area that you're that you are gifted. Believe God to help you to multiply that gift. Right? We're not going to be able to do it on our own. We're going to need His guidance. We're going to need His grace, His empowerment, right, to be able to multiply that gift. And don't despise those giftings that He's placed in your life. Take them and grow them so that you can hear that well done, good and faithful servant. Let's pray. Father, I love you. And even though all of us come on different journeys, we experience different things in life to get to where we are today, all those things help mold us and shape us into the men and women of God that you've called us to be. And Father, I just pray that this, this mindset of multiplication is something that we can digest, that, that, that we can then put into action here in our local body, to multiply those gifts and talents, to not be okay with just sitting back and maintaining the status quo and just, no, but always pushing forward, always trying to do better, always trying to grow, always trying to win more souls for your kingdom. So, Father, I just pray that you help us to understand that concept. You help us to walk that concept out. Show each and every one of us places in our lives where maybe we've been maintaining that gift and we need to multiply that gift. And then, Lord, help us. Give us that empowerment as we rely on on your grace to be able to propel us forward, to be able to accomplish those things that you've called us to do. Lord, I thank you for this body. Thank you for this church, the leadership. And I pray, Lord, that we we can be those that are called well done, good and faithful servant. I pray that we can be that church that multiplies, that grows, Not for our sake, Lord, but because you've commanded us to multiply. You've commanded us to go seek those higher gifts, to always be moving forward, to always pressing onward. And Lord, we need your help in accomplishing that. So again, we thank you, Lord. We praise you, for you are the master of multiplication. (laughs) Started with Adam and Eve, and look what you created, Lord. It's amazing. And we're honored to be a part of that. So, Lord, I pray for blessings on my friends, my family here, Lord. Help us to see this. Help us to digest this and put this into action in our own lives. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm not sure. I've never been told, Mike, but is everybody supposed to stand? Is that the proper way to do it? Gotcha. I know in the past I haven't always done that, so I thought I'd ask. If you would, please stand and receive this blessing. I know in times past I haven't, but we're going to get it done the right way. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May He make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. May He lift up His countenance on you and give you peace. Peace in the Lord through that grace that empowers us to move forward. Thank you again for downloading and listening to this message from Grace Christian Fellowship. We are located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And if you are looking for a church to call home or would like to visit us for one of our services, please visit our site at gracecf.us for our location and service times. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and all peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit.